With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We had to find a different way to put our passion to work. If you love your job and love what you do, every day goes on as you want it. I think how we look at art can be world-changing. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. Masks, distancing, and frequent cleaning are just the beginning. Learn more at Baltimore.org. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback Four. Um, on a night where Liverpool have been beaten three 0 by Barcelona in the New Camp. Um, I'm Gav. With me there, you have Andy and you have Chris. Um, lads, you know there's loads of messages coming in here, like. You know, uh, trophy of the season that went well, ha ha ha. You know that sort of thing. But um, I want to just start um, because we are discussing this before, and it was the lineup. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you first. You seem pretty happy with the lineup before we before before the game. Did did the Gomez thing surprise you? Hello. <laughs> Jesus, Andy, that's a delayed reaction of ever does one. No, I don't know. The Skype thing, I'm trying to get my head around. I don't normally do this fat back four. I didn't even know I was on the fat back four tonight. I thought this was the club. Oh, no, it's not. This is professional. This is... This is the real fucking deal. So what? Like, you couldn't get Matt and you couldn't get Ian, so, like, that's what... That's why we rang you. Right. Okay, I thought this was the club. So, listen, I'm going to head off, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, what did you make, Randy? Because... A few people, you know, the Firmino thing was rumoured, and then you had was it was Gomez in for Trent Alexander Arnold. You were happy enough with that way. No, I'm be happy enough with Klopp's teams. To be fair, um, I, you know, you're you're expecting when you're coming up against the the best team we played all season, you're you're expecting your manager to set his team up to to combat that in some way. Um, wasn't sure what way. Uh, when Alan would play, would he, like you see, to just slot straight into that Firmino role, playing the false nine. Didn't seem to work out. That's nothing against Ronaldo. It 
I just don't think he played the role like Firmino normally does. He didn't drop deep to try and get the ball and turn at their defence. So, like, tactically, it didn't really work out. But at the same time, we held our own there for the first half. And, I mean, I think just until that Milner miss, the team, there was nothing wrong with the team. There was nothing wrong with the setup, basically. So, I was happy enough with the team. And, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't really change it in hindsight, to be fair. Yeah, you could make the argument that actually, that the team, you know, in hindsight, people are saying, you know, oh, Gomez only had so many minutes in him and, you know, playing with Alden further up and, and different things because, you know, the, the Firmino situation, you could make that argument, but if people are going to say to you now, look, we lost 3-0 and, you know, that's the easiest way to do it. Um, Grizz, for you, the lineup, were you happy enough for it? I know it's hard to speak about the lineup and when the game is over and stuff like that, but going back to earlier on this afternoon or early this evening, was it something that 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 you were happy with, or was it? I'm 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 surprised with Andy saying in hindsight he wouldn't have changed it. I mean, unlike him at the start, I was I was happy enough, but we no one really knew apart from me where Ginny's going to play. We've you know it could have been Mane through the middle or Salah through the middle, etc., etc. But once we saw that Ginny was playing through the middle and I mean the Gomez one I didn't have an issue. I know he's been getting a lot of stick, but Gomez has played a lot of big games at right back. We forget that. Klopp does put him in at right back for a lot of a lot of games. And I think the the criticism of Gomez is slightly unfair because I I feel Salah was asked to sort of play in that cheating position where he wasn't coming back. And it was almost always, you know, Coutinho and Alba versus Joe. And Salah was asked to just sort of just stay around in that sort of their half of the pitch and sort of, you know, play on the counter. So the the criticism of Joe Gomez is slightly harsh. Yeah, it's his first game. Any How many times have we seen, you know, everyone's first game comes back a bit rusty? But in hindsight, if you're asking me, Gav, about hindsight, in hindsight, the Gini... Uh, the Ginny experiment didn't work and I wouldn't have done that that's hindsight but obviously we know you know we can't do nothing about it now yeah. but yeah I, thought, I just thought it didn't work I wouldn't have done that you know you know what Shakiri's done to him or even even Divock could have sort of played through the middle you know run around a little bit because that's one thing they don't like the, the Barcelona centre-backs pacey forwards that run around a lot and you know Divock could have done that I mean, Andy's right. Ginny, it's not a slight on Ginny because, you know, he doesn't play that role. Even for Holland, you know, he plays sort of deeper. And he didn't come deep this time. So, yeah, that's hindsight. Yeah. That, on, that, on that coming deep thing, I, I think I I noticed that on the, when he first came. They were saying it all the first half. I think it was on around 68 minutes he came deep for the first time. And he got on the ball and he turned and he ran at their defence. And it seemed to be something that would would have been very effective had it been happening from the start and it's something that Firmino does like he gets involved as you know as a false nine does they don't stick up they don't stay up front poaching they come back and they get involved in the play and they kind of carry the ball and they get others involved around them and uh, like when Alan isn't used to that position but I would have thought that if it, like by kind of just putting him um, a direct swap in there he would have been kind of instructed to do that but he didn't seem to do that till around, as I said, the 68 minute. That's when I first noticed he really, he really did. And then he did it once or twice after that, but it was too late at that point. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You call it an experiment. I think it was just, we had to do something. Firmino was out and 
he kind of fan, fancied Ronaldo to fill his boots there. It's not really um, Origi's style of play. It's not Sturridge's style of play. So what can you do? Was it an experiment or was it just filling a gap? It felt to me like it was filling a gap. Um, like um, There's a guy there on there, Adri Spores. I presume he's a sports fan. Uh, he was saying VVD was piss sports. And I, um, I'm going to get on to that um, because a couple of things about Van Dijk. I just expect from, from here from now on. Oh, would you? Okay. Yeah, well, will you, you ignore the question from me earlier? It took 20 seconds to fucking react. So if you want to, you're yeah, ignoring me. Can... Yeah, but that's because uh, this is on Skype and I wasn't really used to it. So that's oh. that. I already explained that. All right. Okay. I won't, I won't bring it up again then, Andy. All right. Okay. All right. But um, no, like, I think it was kind of filling the gap. But when I seen. You know, for me, I wouldn't play. I thought he might go, and he might try something like a four-two-three-one. You know that way, and he could have played his two holding midfielders, got catered a bit further up the pitch, and probably not played. Probably not played it when and put a striker up there and let the two lads wide wide support him. I thought he might have went that way, but the, the thing with Cater is, um, people are saying he's a massive loss. I think it was a big loss. I think it threw was off. I think I threw our game our game plan off because for me, Grizz, it was a, it was an extremely open game for the Champions League semi final fourth leg. I thought it was an extremely open game, and I thought in an open game, Kate would thrive in it. He was just very unfortunate to be taken off, and then we can see the goal two minutes later. Um, was he a massive loss after he went off? Um, I don't know how that would have panned out, but what I will say is I don't think we played. Uh, Worse when he went off. I'm not saying we were better when he was on the pitch, or but I don't think we were any worse. I genuinely think we played well. I genuinely think we played good. That's the that's the most frustrating thing and hurtful thing. We actually when we went look when we went to PSG we got slaughtered and we and we played rubbish. When we went to Napoli we played crap. We played crap. We didn't play crap today. We we were very good against one of the best teams in the world one of the best players of all time. We were actually very good. We just went clinical like we have been sort of in the in the Premier League and in last year's Champions League, you know, run. We were very clinical. This time we weren't. Um, you know, someone made a very good point here. Uh, I want to give him credit. Live NR9. You know, he says you don't experiment at the new camp. In the Champions League semi-final, you just don't. That's not the game to experiment. Um, what was the experiment, Chris? The experiment was Ginny as a false nine, Andy. It wasn't an experiment. Firmino was injured. Yeah, we but, have, this, but you were calling yeah, an yeah, experiment, yeah, Andy, in the way yeah. in the way you play. You know, like no, Gav. No, Gav. How, how? How? Let me answer because how he can say that's not an experiment. I'll give my opinion. It's not an experiment. It's a totally an experiment because a it's never been tested before. Right. Never mind in a might have been pre uh, in, a, in a game behind you know in, in training, but never in a proper game. Right. So it's an experiment. When you first do something for a first time, it's an experiment. I think if it's a, I think it's an ex- I think it's it's an experiment that Firmino's fit to play. No, no, no. It's Bob, no Bobby's not. I, I, I know what you're trying to say, but let me counter that by saying. No, but you said, what could have done? The point, no, the point, the point your mom was making was this new camp isn't a, isn't a place to experiment. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was an experiment, and he filled the spot that a player was injured in. And what I'm saying is that spot, and I think Gav was alluding to it, was about to allude to it, but interrupted, was Naby could have played further up on the left, as he has done, 
Mane could have played through the middle as he has done. Salah could have played through the middle as he has done. Or Divock. Or Shakiri could have come. So there was options. It's not Bobby was out and they were all out. And then, yeah, we just feel... Yeah, for, for, the last, we just for, the last number, for the last number of weeks, Mane's been playing off the left very effectively. Salah's been playing off the right very effectively. Kate has been playing where he has been very effectively. So it would have been more of an experiment to make multiple changes just to facilitate um, a one player that was injured. I think he threw the he threw the man into that spot and, and asked him to do a job. I don't think that's I don't think that's what you describe as an experiment in the new camp. Well, the way the way I look at it with regards to it being an experiment, Andy is to, you're filling a gap. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Firmino's not fit. I know what you I know where you're coming from. If Firmino is fit and he takes him out and puts Wijnaldum in there. You know, that, by your reckoning, that's an experiment. I think the way I look at it is, and the way Grizz is probably looking at it as well is, and the lad that made the point, the experiment is there because he had players that could have played in that position for Firmino. You know, it could have been not a straight swap because nothing's a straight swap for Firmino with Origi or Sturridge, but he could have put a similar player in there that's used to playing that high up the pitch. He experimented in a, in a way, I suppose, by putting... Um, Wijnaldum that far up the pitch I think yeah. that's, well, that's where both well, sides are coming from it Wijnaldum extremely comfortable playing that advance in the, uh, on the pitch like you know you're playing in a new camp so you expect that he might become a bit more isolated than normal if it, if it had been a Premier League game where you're up against lower opposition or if he had been playing for the Dutch team and he had more of the ball he had more chances he had like in and around them areas then but you made uh, a good point about Wijnaldum and about it's true. He actually played. He has. He, he's very capable of playing in that sort of false nine because he's played there kind of for Holland for the yeah. attack, right? But but it's weird that he actually played like a target man. He actually just stood up front and didn't drop deep, and he yeah. played right up against their centre backs, which is not. Which yeah. I didn't expect. That that's what put me off. You know. Yeah, that, and that's that's exactly it. Like I mean, it it was it looked to be a like for like kind of swap that. And Alan would just jump in and there and do what Firmino's doing and kind of try and reenact Firmino's. I think I think the idea behind that's it was not to, really that's the not, idea behind it was to sort of press Busquets to stop the supply to go to Messi and it kind of worked because you know as we, we were discussing in the in the WhatsApp earlier Messi didn't have that many touches but it's just the bastards' touches are gold. Yeah. You know, that's that's the that's the issue. So from a tactical point of view, look at yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I mean, I just, I, I just find it hard to, to be overcritical of, <coughs> of these um, like team selection changes oh, and oh. the tactical changes because, like, um, on the night, I think Liverpool matched them in terms of the, the football game, but in terms of finishing chances, like it could have been totally different had Mane scored his chance early on, Absolutely. and then uh, the the pivotal change, the pivotal ma- moment of the match was when Milner missed that very easy chance. Yeah. Uh, to you know, I mean, to get the to get that away goal there would have been would have been massive. Um, so that that for me was the two the two moments. It wasn't a tactical thing, it wasn't a personnel thing. It really was those moments where you're supposed to score. And we're doing, yeah. Yeah, look, look. I want, to, I want to get on to. Um, we've touched on on Kate going off. Henderson comes off. A couple of minutes later, we can see the fourth goal. Um, you know, a lot of people seem concerned about how they are getting at Gomez and how they may target Gomez simply because of the lack of game time he has. 
and the major you know the vast majority of this season when he's played he's played centre half so you've probably seen that as as, a, as an avenue to get at us but um Grace just looking at the goal you know it, it's a it's a good ball in from Al, um Jordi Alba it's a it's a very good run from Suarez and a good finish but I have to be honest with you, um, Van Dijk for me is as a fault for that goal. He can see Suarez in front of him, he can see the movement being made and he doesn't go with him. Um, would you agree with that or do you just think it's really good football? It's it's mad, isn't it? It's, it's, it's this perception of players and when they make faults, uh, when they make a fault, you know, people give them leeway. And I said, I texted you straight away, didn't I, in the WhatsApp, I said, VVD there. Looking back, Looking back, it was a tremendous ball by uh, the fullback. Was it the fullback, wasn't it? It was a tremendous ball, and they are very difficult to stop, but I think VVD could have done much better. We know um, if that was Lovren or Matip in that situation, they would have got slaughtered for it. He's in his eye line. He's with him. There's no chance of it being offside because he knows he's behind him from when he starts. So you can blame VVD, but I, I'd, I'd give more credit to the attacking team and say... It was a brilliant cross and a, a brilliant finish. No, I'm not. I'm not having a bar of Van Dijk getting the blame for there. Oh, it's, fuck, it's just fuck a piece, uh, a piece of brilliance by Suarez and a piece of brilliance by um, Barcelona. Um, if a player moves into a, an area and a player doesn't go with him, and three seconds later that player scores, you hold the defender accountable. That happened in a split second. That's magic. Like that's that's footballers playing at an elite level. He makes a run. Van Dijk can't do anything about that. Nothing about it. I disagree. He goes, I disagree. Go on, Jeff, you go first. Suarez first starts. Suarez is closer to the ball. He's closer to where the ball is played into. Mm. Van Dijk is behind him. Yes, you can see it happening. But he can't intercept that. And yeah. then it's happening behind Matup. So he can't. See, so sometimes you have to. The only thing is Van Dijk could have, got, could have been closer to Suarez. He could have been touched tight to him. Mm. But then what happens behind there? So, no. Like I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna stand here and fucking uh, listen to that. Like you know Van Dijk, Van Dijk is is can see it happening, but the movement and the goal happens in a split second. It's not as if he left him for three or four seconds and then he and he he scored he scored on account of him being unmarked. That's just a piece of brilliant football. And if we scored it, we wouldn't be looking at what the defenders did. We'd be looking at the brilliance of our of our striker. Yeah, but the, but like that's just the way things are, Andy. When you score, when you look at the way we do it, when we concede, when we look at the other way. For me, Van Dijk, the ball is out on the left. You know, it's it's played around a little bit. Van Dijk has enough time. Matip, Matip, people might say, does should he look inside him to see? But Matip's in a in a decent position to to try block off a ball or or block you know somebody making a run on that inside left channel. He's in a decent position. For me, Van Dijk should be looking at Suarez, or quick look over his left shoulder to see if there's anything else there, and go towards Suarez. And if you go towards Suarez, Suarez probably doesn't make that run in there because he knows he's Van Dijk's against him. He's probably standing still, or he's trying to pull away from goal to get to look for the ball. It's an excellent ball in, don't get me wrong. It's a really good finish. But for me, Van Dijk, like Grizz said, it, put it this way, if Lovren is standing where Van Dijk is standing, and that goal goes in. Lovren is absolutely crucified for days on end. It's just, yeah, but they, yeah, but that's, I mean? that's that's the unfortunate. <laughs> that's the unfortunate way. No, no, yeah, yeah, forget fans that. respond that's, yeah, that's to the agenda, things yeah. like. But um, I mean, if it was Lovren or, or, or any defender, I'd be saying the same. I think it's very hard to defend that run. I tell you why, Andy. I tell you why I disagree from agreeing. 
you say that it was a split second. It wasn't. The move took... So from the crossfield ball to Alba, right, Suarez is the only striker in the vicinity of the box or the, or the penalty area with Virgil and Matip. In, and, and he's in between. We know Suarez has elite movement and he's a fucking clever sniper, right? So, yeah, all right. But but I'm talking from a defensive point of view, from a Liverpool point of view. Either it was VVD's fault for not going with him or it's VVD's fault for not communicating and shouting to Matip. Because while the play's being built up, Suarez is still there. He hasn't gone out, come in, and then made a late run. He's still in the vicinity of them. So one of them has to be communicating with the other or the other one that he's on your side. You can't just say, oh, it was brilliant. Uh, there was no no one at fault. Every goal has a fault from somewhere, right? You've got to, there's, there's got to be a blame. There's got to be a fault for a goal. It was a there is, there is, yeah, there is if you go look, looking for them. It's a brilliant cross. You have the credit. I just thought VVD could have either gone with him because he had enough time. Uh, it wasn't a split second, Andy. The ball, you're talking from the ball's point of view, but the move took about 50 seconds to build up. You know, the crossbow ball, a couple of passes and then whipped in. So then that's enough time for Virgil and Joel Matip to sort of have communication. And I just yeah, think there was the, communication. The danger, the danger's hovering around. Like the danger's hovering around. You can't, like, if you, what do you want them to do? Get touched high? Maybe one of them has to be. <laughs> Because there's one striker, you see. If there's a couple, there's one striker. One of them's got to be touch tight or tighter. Well, that's the only. That's the only way. That's the only way that goal could have been defended better. Or else Henderson, I think, was there to cut out the cross. Yeah. Maybe he could have got, got closer. Mm. But um, I mean, I, I I've looked at that goal. Like I mean, the 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 Spanish um director there showed Barcelona instance like fucking seven or eight times and I, I, I couldn't really find fault in Van Dijk the amount of times I've seen that personally I, I just personally for me I just think he, uh, as he's looking in on that a quick look over his left shoulder to see what's behind him and then he can go on the side right well that fella's the only danger in here and I have to deal with the danger he deals with nothing you know he's standing in a space that he's dealing with nothing let's be honest about it and look it's allowed. You're allowed fucking, we're allowed criticism. He's allowed have one of those instances where it just doesn't go right. That's, that's fair yeah. enough. Do you know what I mean? But, um, you know, Suarez scores and, and there's a lot made of, you know, like, it's flashed the ball over the internet. Oh, he'd no problem scoring against or celebrating against Liverpool. I don't know why anybody expected anything different from Luis Suarez. Um, I seen, I seen, um, one of the lads in the WhatsApp group there saying he's just a natural bomb winner. He absolutely is. But anybody that thinks that Lewis Suarez isn't going to celebrate a goal, if he scored against his man and he was in goal, he'd celebrate. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? And just the way he is, he's just going to celebrate. That's just how Lewis Suarez is. And it's a good, it's a very, very good finish in fairness to him. But look, we, we get to half time, um, Andy, and, you know, you're hoping for a reaction. And we did get it. I thought for, uh, let, let's be honest, right up until Barcelona's second goal, I thought we were well on top. It was just that lack of cutting edge in the in the final third, and like you said, an easy an easy enough chance for Milner. But we put one of them away, and it's a massively different game. You know, 3 0, I don't think reflects this game on balance, but I thought we were really, really good, Andy, for whatever it was 25, 25 yeah. minutes or so of the second half. Yeah, of course, Gav. Like, I mean, it. I was I was I was uh, very happy with the performance of the first half and it, it, like even happier with the first twenty minutes twenty five minutes of the second half. I thought they were excellent. Um, you're looking at 
you know, the best of Europe, you know, best teams in Europe they're playing against each other. And they, you know, they were up there now. We're at that table. I remember going to the new camp myself and just being played off the park. Like, and you're hoping for, you're hoping for, um, like just a bit of luck or, or something jammy to go your way. Um, even at Anfield, uh, the Europa League, well, the UEFA couples was called them. McAllister scored that pen. Like these were, these were like times when we were up against a Barcelona team and we were, we weren't fancied at all. Like we were massive underdogs. But playing tonight there, we matched them pound for pound. Uh, we had serious share of the possession as well. I think they, they treated Liverpool with a lot of respect, stood off. Um, you could say you're out, kind of out tactics as well, as well, if you want, but I was extremely, extremely happy with the performance. Um, but like, that's just the way it goes. It's moments that define games. And I think like, it's just, it's just who, who takes their chances. And, and that's what kind of happened. The, the chance came for Barca, uh, or the chance came for Milner and he missed and then Barca just got on top. And after that, yeah, after that, it's, you're chasing it. You really are. And, you know, I know it's, it's still a forced leg, but you are chasing it. Let's be honest about it. Grizz, um, <clears throat> while we were on top, and that period of the second half, you know, um, we have chances. We're, we're, we're dominating the game. We're, we're, we're probing really well. We're opening them up a couple of times. But even though we're on top, that for me is the period of the game where I think we miss Firmino the most. He is the man that slows the game down for that extra half second in the box when people, when everything else is going on around him and he can pick the right pass at just the perfect right time to make that opening. What's a 50% chance he can make it 75, 80% chance? Um, it was just one of those nights, Chris. That's all I can really say. It was just one of those nights where it just doesn't come off for us and we got punished. But I was very heartened by the 25-minute second half. Yeah, you've you've actually took the words or the points right out of my mouth. I mean, that was the spell where I was frustrated with Klopp the most. I mean, you know, as I said initially, when the team comes out, we don't know what his plans are, whatever. You know, you trust the manager, and I did. But that period was the time where I was just going mad and saying, bring on Bobby or bring on a forward who's used to playing there because you're right that first 25 minutes of the second half we totally pinned them in their half and <laughs> the difference in the end was you know they had deadly marksmen who put their chances away and we didn't I mean our chances fell to sort of in the box genie and sort of you know Milner whereas their chances fell to you know to the probably the greatest strikers ever you know so but that was a frustration part for me where I think Jurgen Klopp left it a little too late to make the changes. And that was the time to capitalise because we really pushed up in that second half. I thought we pushed up as a team. I think I thought, I thought think he had a word with the centre-backs. Even in the, as a back four, I think we were too deep in that first half. I think we slightly, slightly gave them too much respect. I think in the second half, in that first half an hour, the second, first thirty minutes of the second half, we realised that we're fucking good, if, if not as if not better, if not as good as these, better than these, and we really put the game to them. And and not many teams, you know, put 
put Barcelona under the pressure we put them. And that was the time, you know, to get that away goal when it would have completely changed, completely changed the atmosphere and the tempo of the game. But, you know, we just couldn't put that chance away. Yeah, Keegan says, um, I don't understand how you can be angry with Klopp. I, I don't know if I am angry with Klopp. Frustrated, frustrated. Just frustrated. Oh, that. Oh, well, you make that yeah, Grizz um, Grizz is frustrated. Um, look, it's just we don't really know. We don't really know that. Like the only thing, right, about the the Firmino James, we don't really know the ins and outs of of Firmino's fitness at the moment. I think like if Firmino was one hundred percent fit, he obviously starts. If he's ninety five percent fit, he comes on a sixty minutes when it was quite obvious. It was the change to be made. The fact that it kind of took us to go three 0 down was at that point. Yeah. To uh, to make the change is telling. Like uh, I mean, we're blaming it, Klopp. It, it, we it don't, I don't, know, think... don't really know the ins and outs of of why that change wasn't made. I would assume he needs for me enough for the rest of the season, and if we're going to progress in the Champions League, with two games in the league left. Which are obviously extremely important as well. He needs Firmino, so um, it's it's hard to judge him on facts we don't we don't know. Yeah, you see, for me, Andy, if if say for Ames sake, Firmino is more or less match fit, I think he comes on at two 0 I think he comes on immediately. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said, I think it's quite telling that you know he he, he comes on, but. Sorry, he comes on at 2-0. He comes, he comes on a couple of minutes after 2-0. But he only gets 12 minutes on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like, he comes on after the second goal. Sorry, I had that wrong in my head. I had I him coming on a bit later than that. But it was actually Origi that came on after the third goal. But for me, when we're on top in that period, say, from 45 to 70, 75, I think Firmino coming on, say, on 60. You'd say yeah. yeah he's, close, he's close. He's close yeah. to fitness. He's close to fitness, and he's, he's a half an hour in him to just build himself back up after missing the game um, yeah. last Friday. That twelve minutes is quite telling. I think you might see him on the bench again at the weekend, but yeah. I think you might see a thirty minutes from Firmino. But Andy, staying with you onto the second goal, we're on top, and you know I think it's Suarez hits the bar, and it just falls, and there's Messi to fucking walk the ball in the net. Um, I thought it was very, yeah. I thought it was very cruel on us. I really did. Of course, it was like because they came off the the crossbar and it just fell to Messi. However, um, when we missed that Milner chance, uh, their tails were up and they came forward again like they can. You know, they seem to just find the acres of space on that pitch when they they pick up the ball and they're running at you and your defenders are back backpedaling. And it happens every game with Barcelona. It's like it's it's just it's just their way, and it's just something that every team that goes to new camp or even away, we're gonna have have to deal with an Anfield as well. They just they just find a space, and they're they're able to run at you. It's it's just like their force touches nothing. Their force touches just they're they're at you already, and and that's what happens. So. The ball breaks. It falls very. It falls. Gives uh, Suarez a very good chance. He could have scored, and it comes off the the bar. And Messi has an easy finish. It was against the run of play, and that's why it feels cruel. Um, but I mean, Suarez probably should have scored. Yeah, he probably should have. But it's just it. It was great. It was deflating to be to be that on top. All right, we missed chances, and you're hoping. 
one of these like a win. I thought their keeper made a couple of decent saves as well, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. <coughs> he's he's very impressive, I have to say. For someone yeah. that uh, a couple of years ago I wasn't too sure about, he looked very impressive tonight. But you're just hoping that keep going, lads, we'll get one. And, but then it just... The, the second one takes... It, it bursts the bubble, Grace, doesn't it? It just... It, it takes all all the momentum elves. It's it's you know as we, at some point we're gonna probably uh, start discussing Messi and 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 it, it's one of those situations where uh, Andy Andy saying you know they find spaces and they were running at us it literally was only Messi the other lads you can't really from an attacking point of view mention any. Barcelona player that sort of made us shiver or made us seem like we're under pressure or worried about. It literally was messy, even for the Suarez going. Yes, the, at the end, we were very unlucky. The, the, the pass, sorry, the, off the bar, it falls into his path. You know, it just rolls in. It could have fell to anyone. But if you go back again um, to the start of the movie, it's Messi gets the ball and it's, it's just, he literally takes out three, four players. <coughs> every time and that's a lot of space created for others and that's why it always seems wow Barcelona have got all this space and attacking three against one it's because Messi takes out three or four players every time he gets the ball and you, you know that's the difference that is the difference between you know a very good players like sort of world class players like your Salas your Manes whoever and then sort of just this freak who is you know Lionel Messi and Sort of that's what it was, Scav. I just thought he raised his game for about a couple of minutes, and he just took the game away from us. I yeah, and um, Keegan says Coutinho was non-existent. He absolutely was, um, and he he hasn't been impressive for Barcelona from what I've read this season either. Andy, um, if two 0 deflate you, three 0 the free kick, you have to hand your, hold your hands up and just say that's out. It's an outrageous free kick. Um, yeah, you 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 can't fault anyone. Don't know. Um, was the wall a bit too far left? Well, that's the keeper's show. Um, I just th- I just think the ball goes down the the left hand side of the wall. It doesn't go over the wall. It goes down the left hand side of the wall. So, and there wasn't a massive amount of bend on it. There was obviously a small amount. Um, the way it curled into the top corner played perfectly. Messy spots that and, and sticks it down. So I think maybe the wall could have been a bit further. Right, as the keeper's looking at it, yeah, you mate, always have. You always gonna have um, a man and a half. Uh, yeah, outside the post. Yeah, and uh, just it just seemed to me that maybe the the wall was in line with the post. Yeah, so we had he didn't have to put much on it. All he had to yeah. do was get it slightly outside the post and the. And well, fuck it, like anyway, ah, bollocks. I mean, it's a minor thing. Like the ball, the delivery into that top corner is outrageous. Yeah, you he, know. He, Keegan says here it doesn't swerve. He just baits it in the top yeah. corner, and that's yeah. what he does. You know, you have to hold your hands up. Yeah, and, and he doesn't. And, and it, like I know, what he, I know what he means, but it, it's not drilled. It's um, it's just kind of clipped down that side, mm. and it, and uh, it means and Allison hasn't hasn't a chance. So from so far out, it's um, it's not very often a goalkeeper gets beaten in that situation. So I, I really think it was the wall. Yeah, well, look, it, I still think it's a very, very good free, free kick. I really do. Um, right, it, it's a, for me, it's not a 3-0. It is a 3-0 game because it finishes 3-0. I don't think there was three goals between both sides, I have to be honest. Um, 
But one, one, one took one took their chances and one didn't. Um, Andy, before we finish up, um, the tie is over. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yeah, they've a mountain to climb now. You never know. Like football serves up mad mad things sometimes. Um, we could we could do that at Anfield, beat down three 0 and then not take their chances and take it into extra time. Um, but yeah, it's unlikely at this stage. Unfortunately, as positive as I am. Yeah, you are. You are. Well, you are very positive. Um, one lad here. Sorry, your name went off the screen, but he says uh, we beat them on penalties at Anfield. Mark my words. I'm all yeah. over that. I'm absolutely yeah, all, all right. over that. Um, okay. I'm, I'll take up the, the the positive mantle of Andy while he's having a break yeah. during the week. Uh, Chris, yeah. the tie is over. Would you agree? Yeah, the tie is over. Once Salah misses that chance right at the end. That just totally uh, puts the tie out of our reach. In my opinion, as, as Andy says, we've had many a fucking legendary night at Anfield, but this would, this would top it all yeah. of them. This, 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 I can see us scoring three. No issue, no drama. But I, I, I definitely can see them getting a goal at least. Yeah. And that's yeah. where it kills us. Yeah. Um, I see a thing. It could be, it could be three, three or three, two. Yeah, the, uh, one of the lads here says get a goal in the first twenty and it's game on. I'm look, listen, you've nothing to lose, but uh, all the attention now has to turn to the weekend and it's Newcastle. I just um, Andy, your your hope for Newcastle on Saturday would be that an angry Liverpool turn up at St James's Park on Saturday night, looking to uh, put this game behind them very very quickly. Yeah, I mean I've stopped doubting Liverpool in the league. Um, it, this season it doesn't matter what happens throughout the game they, they seem to always find a way of winning so um, yeah I'm, I'm not even not even slightly concerned I think Liverpool win the last two games and uh, just down to what happens away from us ok Graves um, same with you you're hoping an angry Liverpool turn up at the weekend and, and do the business and you're expecting them to I I've got no doubts about Klopp's motivational skills I mean we know he's the elite Mr. Motivator in terms of motivation in terms of getting a win you know, I, you know you're going to make me say what I've told you what I think is going to happen away at Newcastle but look we just got to hopefully win our two games and then just see where we are I guess yeah um, I've just seen a comment come up there saying once again we bottled it I'm fuming uh, from Can You Hack It LFC I wouldn't um, have read that I wouldn't have read that out. no I will read it out because look he's, he's entitled to his opinion I don't think that's a bottle job tonight shit I think, shit opinion <laughs> I think if um, I think if I think if we'd have been winning the game or you know just completely fucking fell apart I don't I don't think we did I think it was just one of those games where you know they took their chances and we didn't it was as simple as that you know a, a mate of mine who's a United fan Asking me before the game how you think we get on, I said, "Look, it'll be a good game. I've I, no doubt about that." He texted me afterwards and he went, "Jesus, like you could have easily had three, you know." And that's the United fan. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, I'm just, I'm just being a dickhead. I think there's the use of the word bottling it. You know, is, is um, it's come up a lot lately. You know, with club commenting on it, uh, it's very extremely harsh to say that this Liverpool team are bottling anything. Yeah. They missed a couple of chances. Milner missed a chance. Mane missed a chance early on. Salah missed a chance. Are they, would you consider that button up against Barcelona in their own no. backyard? No, you just did. So, just, just, uh, so, yeah, look, they, you could say they, you could say they, you know, they, 
they should have taken their chances. But to say they're bottling it, it's, uh, it's quite harsh against the team that's so good and has performed so well this season. It's got so far this season. Yeah, and absolutely. They're playing against such a such a big team. Yeah, I think I think uh, Grizz, you know, we're we're disappointed with tonight, and we will go after this. I promise. But we're disappointed at, about this tonight. But I, I sense I sense from people that where we're disappointed, we're not. You know, I, what's the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but we're not so downhearted because we actually believe that this side is really, really good. And despite what's happened tonight and what may transpire next, is a Wednesday? Um, you know, Tuesday. sorry, Tuesday. What may transpire next next Tuesday, Grizz, we're of a belief that this side is it's only the beginning for this side. Whereas if this happened last season, you'd be thinking, ah, oh, fuck, that was our chance, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the only positive we can we can take out of our season, uh, in my opinion, that we're a very good team. And no one can deny that we aren't. And uh, we're also going to be here to sort of be up for the big games, be up for the top 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 prizes, top cups, or a couple of four beauties at least. So that's the positive. The negative is, you know, we're not going to bring up the negative. The negative is, you know, it could, it could end up another trophyless season and blah 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 blah. But look, we're very yeah, very but Chris, even even if it does, even if it does, like you have to look at this. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In perspective, like if it, if it's trophyless, like look, trophies are a measure of success. However, they're not the they're not the measure of progress. So. Yeah. I've they, said this before, yeah. They, they've come on, I don't know, 20 points or something no, like that. No, no, you can't do um, that. Yeah, and, and like, okay, getting to the Champions League semi final as a minimum is excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I can't disagree with that. It's, I looked at, after today, today's more about frustration than just, I'm not disappointed because we actually played well. I would have been pissed off if we played crap. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to put it in perspective, we went out to um, Real Madrid about what, five years ago and played a second string team. Yeah. You know, consistently, yeah, yeah, Torre, he was, you know. Because we wanted to beat Man United at the weekend. That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. So we're, um, we're a different animal now. And when when you play Barcelona in the Champions League semi final, it doesn't go your way. There's no need to start throwing muck at the. At the team, like at the and Colin Butlers are, you know. Yeah, no, the way that's football, like the, the way I look at it, I just go, yeah, we are beaten tonight. Um, we could have had a couple of goals. They could have had a couple of more. You know, we are beaten tonight. You take it on the chin, but by no means is this team. You know, is it is it one of those where you look and go, oh, this team isn't good enough? It's one of those nights. It happens. It happens to the best of them. I've seen Barcelona getting absolutely torn apart by Bayern Munich side a couple of years ago when they were meant yeah. to be the be all and end all. So you know that's just the way it goes. But look, yeah. um, we're winning on Saturday. The three of us agree. Um, we're beating Wolves. The three of us agree. I think, and um, we're just gonna wait and see what happens uh, with Brendan Rodgers and the lads. Um, but look, that's being the fat back four. Um, that's being Andy Club. The fat back four club. Um, <laughs> I've been your host, Phil. Um, <laughs> I'm only messing. Um, no, but that's been Andy. That's been G Force. I've been Gav. Um, we'll be with you. The lads, uh, the cop table will be with you tomorrow night. 
that'll be ready for download tomorrow night. The club will be back on Monday night um, from the studio, and we should be back next week, shouldn't we, Chris? Yeah. All right. Right. Look, that's been it. Have a good one. Over now. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the name your price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's what Jerry used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.